0: How do you guys feel about the red mic? About the, the red condom on the mic? Maybe I should get it. I don't know. It makes me feel, I don't know. if that, I think I look kind of like a clown with this, ironically. Uh, let me know how it goes. Um, I'm back in the studio, officially. Um, I went on the road uh, to do shows with some friends, fellow comedians as well and uh, I had a lot of fun on that um definitely a learning experience for many many reasons um but uh yeah uh, I'm officially back in the studio uh i did i forgot I even had this um before I recorded the 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 pod in the car that's gonna come out. Uh, before this, uh, again, apologies for the delay on the last video. It's just difficult doing all this by yourself. So, which explains why there's no clips. Like, I don't have like a clips channel on YouTube, nor is there like clips on my Instagram. Uh, unless like, if I do put post uh, clips for this show, it's gonna be gorilla style, meaning it's just gonna be a clip. It's not gonna be. There's gonna be no subtitles. There's, no, there's not gonna be going back and forth between the article that I'm referencing or the video that I'm commenting on. There's not gonna be any of that at least not for right now, and, you know, hopefully in time we grow, we, we grow the audience, we grow the, the revenue, because there's zero right now, for this show, for this project, and then, you know, obviously I'll either pay someone to do it, or I'll do it myself if I have free time to edit the clips of the show, and then and then we'll, you know, get started from there. But, um, yeah, I'm back, uh, finally, back in my own place, well, this is not my own place, I live with people, but I'm back, and... um. What's been going on with me lately, this has been like a, a very <laughs> interesting experience uh, because when I went on the road, I um, spent maybe four days, five days without doing, without taking cannabis edibles before bed. Because I would, that's what I would do is I would take two to three to four sometimes. Um, cannabis weed gummies. And I used it as a way to go to sleep. Um, but since I went on the road, we went to Oregon. That was one of the spots we hit up for shows. And, um, they, I found out about this thing called CBN, which is basically like the melatonin of the cannabis industry. And, um, I tried it, uh, and I, for like maybe four days straight, I did not do any cannabis. Thankfully, I was in a very constructive, productive mindset of, uh, wake up, do comedy, Maybe eat, hang out for a little bit, come back, and go back to sleep and then do the same exact thing for the next couple of days. That was the schedule that I was on, which is why sometimes I, I value just having a 9-to-5 a job because I like structure. Um, and in, it was those circumstances uh, in the shows that I did recently which is why I stopped doing cannabis gummies. And I found a much better alternative to because the gummies essentially just kind of made the insomnia that I had at the time a little bit worse because it didn't really make me t- – it made me sleepy like an hour after the high was over. So now I'm just uh, experiencing you know the uh, – I want to say the dryness of sobriety because this is absolutely excruciating. <laughs> because you know with with the the amount of things that go on in my head day to day and the amount of ranting to myself I do and the amount of shit that I talk and the amount of running around I do all around Los Angeles you know it's nice to have something to look forward to at the end of the day you know cannabis for me was like the uh, like a shot like you know like a shot of alcohol before we before you you know hit the hay but it's not like that now now I have to be sober you know it's not that I have to be it's just I'm choosing to be because when I got back and i and I recognized just how much more clearer and and stable and sharper I was and more in a more in alignment and and just more um what's the word I'm looking for um more spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally aware you know. It's like not being able to, because it, like, almost for like, I want to say months in a row, I was just doing cannabis gummies every single night before bed, just, just and I use it as a way to unwind, you know, before I went to sleep. Um, because I, you know, at the time, that's what I thought was like the best way to go to sleep. Because as a comedian, you know, our jobs start at eight o'clock, you know, JF Harris has a hilarious um, joke slash like Instagram tweet about it. Where he goes, as a comedian, our job starts at 8 o'clock, and most of us can't even do that. Um, and, and it's absolutely correct. We Our shift starts at 8 o'clock, uh, sometimes 7.30, if you want to be a little bit early, like me. And uh, a lot of the people don't um, assess how much caffeine is in our diet, as a comedian, I think, or nicotine, for that matter. I stopped vaping, thankfully, and I stopped just all nicotine products just in general. And I don't vape anything now. I used to vape cannabis, and now I stopped doing that altogether. So now we just consume it, uh, you know, like by digesting it. But um, but now uh, it's a little bit different, very, very different for me this is different, it's it's bittersweet, it's bitter because you kind of miss the cannabis, and you can say there's like an element of withdrawal, but I'm not really going through that, I already hit that when I was on the road, but I was just so, I was so focused on the interactions I was having with the people that I was in the car with, and doing good on the show, and hosting, and, and running the door, I had 50 other things going on in my head that I put in front of missing cannabis that just made it all worth it, and it made me, and it helped get me through uh, that period. So now uh, I'm, I'm here and I'm doing this. And th- what I felt uh, doing cannabis compared to now, it's like being, I mean, no, it's it's essentially like being drugged, you know, even after the, because I didn't realize how hungover I was the next day after doing all this, after doing so much cannabis um, before bed, obviously, because I, I didn't do it during, I never did it during the, um, well, I used to be a huge stoner back in high school, and et cetera, et cetera, and I used to love that, but, um, I mean, yeah, we could talk more about that, yeah, back in high school, I was, uh, very, very depressed, um, to the point, and, and by the way, you know, any person that's like, well, what do you have to be depressed about, you know, when you're, uh, suck my dick, all right, you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, none of you know what you're talking about, now, Mind you, this goes back to to Bill Maher's thing, which I saw as a clip. I might there's so much, there's a lot I want to talk about. I'm just I'm just excited to do this to, to talk to you guys. Um, but I yeah, you know, as a kid, I would say that we go like I'm pers- I'm depressed, and then people would be like, Well, what do you have? adults, fucking dumbass, adults would be like, Well, what do you have to be depressed about? Now, there's a difference between that between internally not feeling as if you belong anywhere. Uh, Being ostracized Not having any friends Having a horrible experience Bullying Being socially awkward um, Having low self-esteem All the things that I want to say the average teenager In a pre-Andrew Tate Or pre-social And spiritual improvement And spiritual enlightenment Wave that we're in now We're talking years ago From 2014 to like 2018 Which is that was you know the time I was a teenager, things were much, much different back then, so there's a difference between that, and what Bill Maher was doing on his um, video recently, I I might pull that up later, because I do want to get into this gun thing later on, but Bill Maher had like a a, a younger girl on his show, like, I don't know, I think she was like in her 20s or some shit like that, 1918, and she was, and he was like, well, what do you have to be depressed about, he was like, what do you, what do you have to be so concerned or worried about, and then she goes well you know with like what's what with, with what's going on in the world right now and then he like hilariously was like i don't know why young people keep saying that because i've talked to all of you and none of you know what's going on right now i actually know what's going on in the world right now i should be depressed i should be anxious that is absolutely correct now i'm not like i'm not one of these people and nor was i one of these younger people who said that i was depressed because of what's going on in the world right now i'm not jaden smith Or anything like that I was depressed because of what was internally going on You know, in me Like I I genuinely hate all the people that go to this school I I don't intellectually connect with any of these people They're all dumb Um, You know And obviously there's a little bit of vanity in when I say that But more so just I I just couldn't have a, a conversation That I enjoyed with any of these people I didn't really like them, and, and they didn't really like me for that matter. They, they didn't really, I wasn't really friends with any of the people at this school. Obviously, there were a couple of people that I still keep in touch with here and there, but, you know, most of them I just, I, I'd argue, just did not see me as a friend outside of school, you know? Most of the friends that I had in high school, most of the associates, most of the, you know, most of the acquaintances that I had back in high school, it was one of those cliche situations where, you're only friends with them because you see them every day. so that was uh, that was a bit of my high school experience. I mean obviously there'll be other there'll be more time to you know go through that later on, but that's just essentially what um, that was what it was like for me so um so yeah, uh when I was younger uh, in I was like a sophomore in high school, no no no, I believe I was entering sophomore year. So it was the summer before sophomore year kicked off, um, I understood how depressed I was and, and read up on the benefits of cannabis, not knowing or rather ignoring the psychological potentially permanent damage you could do to yourself as a teenager smoking uh, uh, an abundance of weed, um, but those were some of the happiest memories I've had as a teenager around some of the dumbest snakes you could you would call people but you know uh and then ever since then it's just been you know an up uh, it's been like an ebb and flow and an up and down shifting in and out of just going on this sort of like mindful and responsible binge of cannabis because I don't I don't do I don't drink at all for those of you that don't know this about me I don't drink The only times I've ever actually, I've never, I don't drink, and I've never been drunk before. And I've only, whenever I get really, 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 really depressed, like something really bad has happened, or I'm just going through like a very, very tough time in my life, what I will do is I'll just go out and I'll buy like the most drinkable beer I could find, which is either a Bud Light, sorry, before that it was before what happened, a Bud Light, uh, or no, like a Corona or like whatever the fuck or most recently a white claw. Mind you, by the way, out of all the 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 alcohol, out of all beers to like put as like the forefront of this trans movement, you'd think it would be a white claw. Like it wouldn't be like a bud but whatever. What I do is I just take like a couple of sips of a bud light or a or or a, um or a white claw and then I wouldn't even drink the whole thing. I would just pour it down the drain. I would drink a little bit of it until, like, I got, like, maybe, like, I felt a little something. And I, mind you, the, I, I use this term so loosely. I mean, like, literally, like, a couple of sips. And then I would listen to, like, a really sad song. I just pour it down the drain. And I just go to bed. So that was what it was. So, so yeah, overall. So, you know, all that in context. Um, A lot of my life has just been, you know, shifting in and out of, like, extended um, periods of just, smoking or consuming cannabis and then not doing it at all like when I got out of high school I just was like I reached a point Especially because I was going to new york at the time to do background acting and then we were planning to moving to la And I also had a job at the time. I was just like, yeah, i'm just not gonna do Cannabis anymore because it just doesn't serve me. I I like being sharp. I prefer to be sharp I tell this to everybody everybody's like, oh, you don't you don't smoke or and you don't No, I don't I just I prefer to be sharp and if I am going to use any type of substance like that it'll be I'd like to think for a very productive or pragmatic reason I'm like I I need so the reason I I would say I needed it quote unquote the cannabis now was because like I'm waking up at two o'clock because I was out all night doing stand-up I'm waking up 12 to two o'clock in the afternoon if I'm when I'm off obviously Then I'm consuming 200 milligrams of caffeine via Celsius or Red Bull or Bang, which is 300 milligrams of caffeine. So we're looking at um, in just one energy drink or two equal to two cups of coffee or three cups of coffee. And I'm doing that, which stays in your system for about six hours. So by then it's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 a.m. You still have all this energy, even after, especially after you've gone up and you've done well. Nothing can compare to the high that you feel after you do that. So, we're doing all, so you're already you're all the way up here and you need to bring it down. So, which is why I would do the cannabis because I'm like, I need, I can't be up at 1 a.m. unless I'm writing or editing or doing something else productive. But I'm like, I'm so tired. I want to, I want to decompress. So, that was where the cannabis came in. So, but now I have CBN. So, I'm, I'm really happy about that. I really want Celsius to sponsor me or CBN to sponsor me just because there are a lot of products I think I could sell very well. But um, but yeah, so that's just been me catching up with you guys. That's what's been going on in my personal life as of late. Um, and uh, But that was also informative about me. So we will be right back with the next segment. Um, see you guys in a second. Apparently the guns are the problem. So informed. So this is an article that I'm reading. That I read on, you know. That's how I find material is that I follow people that I disagree with. Um, and then they just, they, they repost things that I that I think are funny. So we're just going to read this along and then we're going to go over some comments too. And then we're going to put it in post. So let's see. So the gun's the problem. Now this comes two weeks ago after after the shooting. Every time there's a mass shooting, they, they just have to tell you. They just have to go. It's like a, you know. <laughs> it's like a it's like a Black Friday sale, you know? They're just selling you the ideology right after right after the the bodies aren't even cold yet. There has to be an an, an infograph on Instagram. So there have been 129 mass shootings in the United States so far in 2023. Um, it has been said millions of times and yet it must continue to be said until our legislators actually listen to the people of this country and do something about the preventable gun violence. The guns are the problem. Now, I don't know if there's been 129 mass shootings in the United States so far in 2023. We are in April. I'm not entirely sure if that's true. However, I do have an issue with the term gun violence and gun deaths because people keep doing this in their articles whenever, they, whenever they're whenever they trying to sell you on... Again, it's a sale. Whenever they try to sell you on why we should get rid of all guns entirely in the United States, they use terms like gun deaths and gun violence. And then I'm just like, well, what is that? What Can you define gun violence and can you define gun deaths for me, please? Because you can't, and I had this debate with someone in the comment section where they were like, well, does it matter what gun what gun violence is or what gun deaths are? And I go, yes, the fuck it does. It does absolutely matter because if I tell you that 20 people died yesterday due to knife deaths or knife violence, and you'd be like, well, I guess we got to get rid of all knives, and I conveniently left out that 19 of those people slit their own wrists and committed suicide, and only one person got stabbed in an argument, then you, you would think that you were doing the right thing, and you would think that you were saving all these lives by getting rid of knives. So yes, it does absolutely fucking matter what you mean by gun deaths and what you mean by gun violence, because I'm pretty sure statistically most gun deaths are the result of suicide and are the result of handguns in the United States. I could be wrong on that. I'm not one of these, I'm not on the right either. I, I don't I, I don't have like, yes, there's a laptop in front of me, but I don't, I'm not going to do the research because there's always some shit around the corner. There's always somebody like, actually, that's wrong, even with the, the numbers and statistics and stuff like that. <clears throat> so... If the theory that, quote, more guns equals more safety, end quote, were even remotely true, then the U.S. would be the safest country in the entire world. Underline, we're not. Well, I just want to say, for starters, uh, I don't... I, I'm sure people were making that argument, but I don't agree that that is the argument because there's a lot more nuance to that, and that's a very nebulous thing, that more guns equals more safety, I would go. I would say to an individual... I'd agree that a lot of individuals feel unsafe in their cities. And I'd say you as an individual should probably get a gun. I'm getting a gun very soon. I have multiple that are BB guns, but most cases you you just have to show it. So, yeah, so they're like, okay, more guns equal more. I don't think that that's ever been the case. I don't think more guns, quote unquote, such a saying. I don't really agree with that. What I will say is just if you feel unsafe, a gun would help more guns equals more safety you know the us is home to 120 point 120.5 guns per 100 civilians we are only a country in the entire world that has home to more guns than more than there are more people now here's why this is hilarious right so this so they're giving you a statistic they go the u.s is home to 120.5 guns per 100 individuals we are the only country in the entire world that is home to more guns than there are people living in the country and we are 25 times more likely to be killed in a gun homicide than individuals in pure countries Now, let's go to the next slide because I've read this before. The U.S. is home to less than 5% of the world's population yet holds 46% of the world's civilian-owned guns. Now, if you go closer, if you zoom in right here, it literally reads, the U.S. has estimated 393 million firearms. Right beneath that, it reads, this is only an estimate because there is currently no database that tracks whether people own guns or not. So all so all the numbers you just gave me are complete bullshit, if that's the case, right? Uh, math is not my strongest. I'm wrong on math, right? I'm, I'm horrible at math. But doesn't it, why are you telling, why are you giving me all these estimations if there is no database that tells you who has guns or not? It makes no sense. It makes zero sense, dude. The average American has like 15 vats of acid like Jeffrey Dahmer in their house. Now, I'm just going off of the top of my head because there is no database that tells you who owns VAT, Sebastian, or not. So, um, yeah, uh, more guns, quote-unquote, equals more safety. I I, I go, listen, that's not really the, yeah, listen, so that's a very nebulous and it's a very cherry-picking what argument you want to attack because what do you really want, though? What's your intention behind this? Your intention is to stop or prevent mass shootings from happening. And it's like, right, the, the obvious solution is to have armed guards or rather armed teachers. If the kids, which I think most teachers before all this happened would tell you, is that the children are their responsibility and they are under your care as a teacher or as a caretaker. So I think it's your responsibility to take care of the child. No, like I remember when I was in high school, I believe, like, one of the teachers told us, and I just didn't really believe it because I didn't know. I was unaware of this. But he goes, yeah, if somebody comes in here and tries to hurt one of you kids, I have to step in front of that. I have to step in front of that gun or I have to step in front of that knife. That's a part of my job. This is what the teacher said. I don't know if he's he's correct. But I'm like, wouldn't that, doesn't that mean that as a result with all the mass shootings now, like, you kind of have to get a, you should be mandated to get a gun as a teacher, you know? But um, I understand that people are people disagree with the whole concept of arming teachers. And I go, well, well do you want to stop? Do you want to prevent mass shootings or not? Because all the mass shootings occur in a no-gun area, you know? And I've made this argument several times before and, and times over. It's like there's a reason why there's rarely any to none, like, gun store mass shootings. There's no mass shootings in gun stores, and there's no mass shootings, and there's no there's no mass shootings and there's no like robberies at gun stores and there's no mass shootings in like the pentagon it's because you know there's no like area 51 mass shootings because it's like heavily guarded (laughs) it's heavily you know you wouldn't get that far and then there was another um tweet that i i really enjoy it was right when hogwarts legacy hogwarts legacy came out the video game, the, the, the Harry Potter video game, when one guy was like, how come there's never been like a mass spelling at a Hogwarts institution? How come there's not, not been one kid that went in with the wand and just like shot all of his students, right? And then someone responded with, well, they could do it, but they just wouldn't get that far. And then he was like, why? Because all the teachers are carrying? So it's just like, I think that at this point, we have, I'd like to think that we've matured beyond this feeling it doesn't matter what you feel because when you bring up these arguments when you bring up the very clear fact that you know in a in a in a scenario where most people behind the behind the wall have guns and know how to use them and aren't afraid to use them that would discourage the intent behind most mass shooters which is to kill a lot of people you know it doesn't negate, like, that. that's a very clear fact. Like, if you have a lot of guns and you know how to use them and you're not afraid to use them, it's going to deter people from trying to harm multiple people at once. And then when you bring this up, people go, oh, well, I don't think that people, somebody in the comment section in that response was making that argument. They were like, well, I don't believe that lots of... I don't believe that uh, teachers or the average civilian should own a wand that has, like, max spell capacity. They were using the, the argument they used for, like, assault rifles and shit, where they were like, oh, well, you shouldn't have a gun that has this many bullets and yada yada. And it's like, nigga, again, again, no matter how you feel about what average citizen has what gun and how many bullets should be in that said gun that the average citizen should hold, how you feel about whatever a citizen holds as many guns, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is that you, if your intent is to kill a lot of people in an area that has no guns, like a school, you're going to be deterred, you're going to be discouraged, and you won't do it if you know that the majority of people behind inside that school, be adults, be kids, be armed guards, have guns, professionally are trained to know how to use them, and will kill you if you try anything, the chances of it happening are less than none. Despite whatever your feelings are. Because people love using that. They're like, oh, well, you know, I, just, I don't feel like the, I think the average, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I dare you to try to shoot up a gun store right now. You don't, you feel as though the average American shouldn't own an AR-15. The average gun store owner does. They know how to use one. And they have it behind the counter, I bet. I bet. So So go ahead, try to do it. You can't. So just that's it. Um, 50% of the country does not even require a license to carry a gun. Um, yeah. I'm not one of the – here's the thing. I'm not one of these people that's like – that that thinks that we're completely fine where we're at. Obviously, there should be certain – but then when they say, oh, we should have stricter gun laws, it's like, well, what do you mean by that exactly? Like what do you think that we're not currently doing to get you know?" – I'm friends with a guy who was like, well, I was once at a gun show and it was – you could just like pick the gun up in front of the – and i'm like okay yeah right so if you go to a gun show right and they sell it to you and it's easy to do that right like i think they i think they do background checks at gun stores i'm not sure if they do but like it's one of those situations where it's like again it's very easy to get a gun at a gun show but like if your intent is to kill a lot of people at a gun show do you genuinely think you're going to get that far Imagine if I. This is how you guys sound to me. I don't feel that people should own guns at a gun show, huh? Then, then someone who has a gun is just gonna kill you. Just, just, just cut it out. So, yeah, that's just what it is, you know. 15. That's twin. So, all, all I'm saying is, is just maybe, maybe cut it out. Maybe cut it out with the gun shit, please. But let's just go, let's just go deeper into this. The majority of Americans want to see common sense gun control implemented in the country. Now, again, what does that mean? What does that mean exactly? A February 2023 Gallup poll. So it's a poll. So we just asked random people. Whenever I hear whenever I, when people try to like convince me of something and they say we do we did a poll, what that means to me is so you went to a college and you asked a bunch of fucking college kids. That's essentially what that means to me. That 63% of uh, Americans are dissatisfied with the current gun control laws and policies in place, the highest it's ever been on record. A 2022 survey found that about 2 in 10 adults in the U.S. have either been personally impacted by or have someone close to them who have been impacted by gun violence. Did you interview anyone in Chicago? U.S. is in constant state of crisis due to gun violence. Uh, All right, again, what does that mean? Don't let the Second Amendment worshipers fool you. Gun control can and does stop gun violence. Uh, So again, they just keep saying gun violence. I'm like, can you define it, please? And they keep bringing up New Zealand, they keep bringing up the United Kingdom, and they keep bringing up Australia. I mean, if you talk to people who have been to the UK, they'd say it's pretty bad over there regarding theft and just regarding crime just in general. I mean, look at how easily your phone gets stolen in the UK. Look how easily you get stabbed in the UK. Look how easily you get beat the fuck up in the UK. Just because the UK or Australia or anything. Australia locked their citizens in the house during the pandemic. You know? What do you mean? It's just so funny. Like, they keep going to these other countries, and then you look at, like, what's actually going on in these other countries, and you're like, "I I don't think guns would necessarily solve their problems, but the lack of guns isn't helping either you know, but yeah, like literally they, I think they, didn't they let Australians out of the house yesterday? Like they just let them out, you know, in China, there what? there's no guns in China, right? Correct me if I'm right. No, there's probably guns in China. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I don't, I don't really give a fuck about Canada had the whole, they had like an entire convoy in Canada regarding the vaccine mandate because of, sorry about that. I, I probably should cut that part out because I want to get monetized, but But yeah, so the UK, there's tons of stabbings, there's tons of knife thefts, so much so to the fact that there are video compilations uh, of, like, people recording themselves via hidden camera showing how easy it is to get your phone stolen in the UK. I think that, like, a guy had his, like, phone hanging outside the window, like, he had his phone in his hand just as an experiment, and then a guy was, like, walking aside the car trying to look for the opportunity to take the phone, you know? So many people have heart attacks in the United States if their phone just goes missing for like a couple of seconds. So I I just, I don't, I can't get behind this idea that so many of you have that, you know, the guns are just going to completely, you know. I'm just saying. Uh, That's just what I'm saying, you know. So we're going to wrap that up. We're going to wrap this segment up real quick. I am no longer willing to. Um, listen to the It's My Second Amendment Right argument while body bags containing children are piling up in this country. Well, you know, let's, you, you, wanna, you really want to talk about dead children? A guy asked me, by the way, what's the leading cause of death for children in America? And I was like, abortion. You know, I love it when people just keep talking about like the death of children becoming a problem at the hands of guns and it's just like, right, but let's, do, do we really want to talk about dead children if we're really you know do you really get a chance do you really get to do you really get to have a say about you know what you know what kids are dying via gun violence quote unquote because you know that's just interesting to me anyway contact your elected officials and I, all right what I'm not going to fucking go into whatever but yeah okay so the I, I'm not able to view the replies on this but you know Americans really need to properly research the australia <laughs> yeah, extremely successful they've been but also how much the people of Australia appreciate respect and value those laws Our are sticks to show again uh, they they literally locked Australians in the house you couldn't go to you could only go to your backyard for like 15 minutes see you guys in the next segment because they just keep they keep bringing up Australia as if they didn't it, it, good luck anyway um yeah we'll we'll Get to the next segment of this Goodbye I might go a little bit more personal On this segment On the third segment But We're back From our com- I really should start doing Commercial breaks But um Anyway That's another thing too You know Cause it might not make sense Out of context But I will start doing this I will start Cause I do need an intro For the show So I'm just gonna make My own intros Or I'm just going to um, Use songs Or like clips From old YouTube videos Or old ad campaigns That I think like, are really, really good or really, really catchy that I enjoy, and it's gonna be, like, a bit of nostalgia. We're gonna start off our pods, we're gonna start off the show with a bit of nostalgia as, you know, as more time goes on, but, um, I don't know, it might be Fruit of the Looms in this episode, it might be, I don't know, um, the McDonald's, that, that McDonald's choir thing that I used to do at the end of my videos before this channel, but, but whatever. But anyway, um, being away from this and and doing this show, or scratch that, rather trying to do this show with people at the time that I thought I had a better connection with and that I thought I was more comfortable around truly made me appreciate doing this. And it made me appreciate talking to you guys and, and just doing this as a practice and just having it as an outlet. So... And you know the the you know age old saying like you you don't really you know appreciate what you have until it's gone or until it's taken away from you. So and and in my case, I'd say that this podcast and this show, despite having only my mother listening to this, um, I value it. I think it's fun. I enjoy doing it. Um, I I think it's yeah. I, I like doing this. I like discussing these things. These are just it, it's a way to get whatever's going on in my head out and i think i i i don't i think it's like a net positive as a comedian and as a person as an orator as an orator to do it so you know obviously we will have guests on well you know i shouldn't have said that it's not obvious but most assuredly we will have guests on in the future a lot of recurring guests a lot of people um we will probably interview some professionals i'd like for that um yeah but um, yeah, I, I tried to do this podcast with some people uh, I did ask around etc cetera, etc cetera, and I did do some test podcasts with some people for which we will not release it um, just because I, I didn't like the energy I just didn't like I didn't like how they react. I didn't like you know the energy I didn't like how they act and I just didn't like how they treated me at the time and um, yeah and it was just experiences like that it was experience it was experiences like, trying to do the podcast with people that I found out did not respect me or did not treat me the way I wanted to be treated and and, and with the same kind of respect and the same kind of courtesy and the same type of comedic recognition that I would on to them, to then watch them not be invested in it was absolutely... I want to say an eye opener and it was it, it reinvigorated my my love for for this craft I think. I I think we we reached a point now where we can say that podcasting is a craft. So, yeah, um thank you. Uh thank you to to everyone listening right now and to, and everyone watching and and uh, again, apologies for the tardiness because of the, you know, the, whatever, but, uh, the delay, because of, uh, you know, I was on the show, I was on the road doing gigs, but, um, but yeah, hold on, yeah, I'm not crying, but anyway, um, yeah, that's just what, this is what's been going on with me, um, towards the end of that, of this whole trip, um, yeah, just had a lot of fun definitely talked to some people, had some fun, had definitely an eye-opening experience. Um, There's not much going on in pop culture that I really wanted to get into. Um, The Little Mermaid, the more set photos and the more snapshots that come out from that movie, the more this movie looks like a slavery movie, you know? And, And I've gotten into so many debates with fellow stand-up comedians to the point where now there's like bad blood between me and a certain me and a few comedians because I I went so hard against the grain regarding this little mermaid casting. Um, So just up top I want to say Halle Bailey is absolutely gorgeous and she is an amazing singer. Her and her sister are very talented. They clearly know what they're doing. Um, They're very, very beautiful people. Um, You can have that. You can acknowledge that and then also disagree with the casting because it's literally the same exact story same characters. I think everyone is still the same white, except for like the Jamaican crab, right? Or the lobster or whatever the fuck that sea creature is that's singing the songs. It's the, everyone is exactly the same. Ursula is still played by and voiced by a white woman or whatever and what have you. Everyone is still white, but it's just the mermaid that's black now, which is like, why not just make a, an enti- a, a why not do Hamilton and like make, I didn't see it, but like, why not just do that? either keep it exactly the same and have everybody be white or do something different and have everyone be black. Like, black it up, please. You know? It was just very, very unoriginal, very um, lazy thing that Hollywood is doing and that they keep doing, and it's been said ad nauseum. But a lot of people just got really upset with me, and you keep hearing the argument. I love love hearing the argument that people make regarding Ariel, you know, I love the argument that people keep making because they keep saying things like, oh, well, it wouldn't make sense to have a black... It wouldn't make sense to have a white Black Panther or a white Luke Cage because their blackness is cemented. It's written into their character. And it's like, correct. Now, would you say that fictional white characters originally created by white people, would you not agree that whiteness is written into their characters? A black Bruce Wayne wouldn't fucking make sense because no wealthy black couple would take their child down a street literally called Crime Alley at 11:30 at night with no guns as well unless the black couple has guns on them as well and if they're and if they're black let's be honest they probably would so you, you, it wouldn't make sense to have a black Bruce Wayne because that just simply wouldn't happen for those for example Glass Onion right i'm not going to spoil anything but in, there's a scene in this movie where a black woman lets Janelle, Mo- there's a scene in, in Glass Onion, without any context, there's a scene in Glass Onion where Janelle Monet, who is a black woman, lets Edward Norton into her house. That just, that just simply wouldn't happen, okay? The, no one, I, I just can't see, it, not, not after American History X, I would not, that was the movie, right, where he played the Nazi a little too well? I would, I just wouldn't let Edward Norton into my house. I loved you in Incredible Hulk, but that just, <laughs> I just can't, Hey man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a piece of chalk and I'm gonna draw a line on my porch. You can stand behind that line. So it's just it, it's just this is what the left does. This is what liberals and progressives do. They cherry pick when race matters and then when it doesn't matter. Okay? So just it, it's just hilarious to me when people keep saying that, oh well, you know, it wouldn't make sense to, to have a white black. It's like, yes, it would, because you're essentially saying that blackness can be written into fictionally black characters, but whiteness can't, right? White people, according to the left, don't have a culture until it's until we're going kayaking or skydiving or or sk- or or cave jumping. Then it's oh, that's white people shit. Or white people are afraid of uh, uh, nothing except black people, right? And it's like, isn't that a culture? Wouldn't you say that's a white activity? Wouldn't you say that's whiteness, right? Going skiing, wouldn't you say that that's that's a white activity, right? So if I took a fictional white character who goes skiing and then I made an adaptation of it and I made the character black, you could see a black person going, loving skiing, right? So, do, so does race matter or does it not when it comes to fictional characters and and representation? Because people love talking about representation, but I see all these fictional black characters who were originally white characters not smoking any menthols. Mind you, I never understood the the stereotype that black people like menthol. Whenever people said black people like menthols, I never it never hit with me because like i never i i grew up around jamaicans who are you know i grew up around black jamaicans because jamaicans is a nationality it's not really a race but um i grew up around black jamaicans i grew up around like hispanic looking jamaicans and like they never i grew up around black people i never saw them smoke menthols which is interesting like uh, that's one of the you know like how sometimes stereotypes don't really hit for you because like you grew up around a different type of people you know grew up around a different subset grew up around a different type type of culture that's sort of what it, what it's like for me whenever people say, you know, menthol is like a black thing because I'm just like, is it? I don't – like I get the scratching the serial number I, – I get scratching the serial numbers off of a gun, right? Or I get not having a registered firearm as like a stereotypically black thing. But that was what was interesting to me was that menthol was never really hit for me because I, I never – you know. I, was, I grew up around skaters who are – some of them were black and they smoked cigarettes, but like that's just like a skater thing, you know. That's like an entire subculture of you know, you know. They called them like a uh, bogeys when I was a, when I was in high school. They called, you know, they they. I, I think what, that's like a black stereotype where they have like um, what they call a loose cigarette, a Lucy. Where we called them bogeys when I was a teenager. I apologize if you can hear my stomach growling in the background. I am starving. I I. I just stopped home on my way from Bellflower. I just finished a open mic um, to come record this because I just, I genuinely wanted to do it that badly, but we're going to come to an end soon towards the end of this. But, you know, I've just had enough of this, left this progressive bullshit when it comes to creativity and it comes to fictional characters, just, you know. Michael D'Angelo, hilarious comic that I know, you know, had a very good point regarding Spider-Man um Homecoming, right? He he didn't like that Zendaya was supposed to play Mary Jane Watson. And I was like, "Really? Why why would you say that?" And cuz and that's another thing too that everyone does whenever whenever there's like a, a fictionally white character that's now being recast as a black person, everyone in the fucking comments is like, "Oh, all the racists, all the all the racists are getting upset." I love all the racist terrorists and all the people and it's just like, yeah. You know, I just I love so so anyway, Michael D'Angelo hilarious comic was like, I hated that movie. I hated what they did to Mary Jane Watson because it's like just, just he said this. He goes, just give Spider Man a black girlfriend. Don't just just make up he 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 said this to me. A white guy said this to me. He was and it was interesting. I was like, huh, it's actually a very good point. He was like, just give Spider Man just a black girlfriend instead of casting Mary Jane Watson as a black woman, like like that changes anything or like it does something different. Like I'd rather him just and I'm like, yeah, that does make sense because if you, you know, if you're still caught up with what's going on in Marvel Comics now, I think they just kinda like out of thin air created a new little black girl that is now the smartest that is now the smartest character in the Marvel universe right now, in the comic universe at the very least. And then they had that new story that came out after the fact that said Letitia Wright's character who is shorty in Black Panther she is now the smartest woman in the universe and when the news broke out people who obviously didn't read the comics or is not even up to date on what's going on in Marvel Universe they were like oh well all the racists are mad at this and I'm like I I disapprove of that because it's like I I know you're trying you're really you're really talking about what was that woman's name I think it's like Miss America or some shit I don't know it's some cool name it's like America Chavez you know where they're trying to be like coy about it I don't know, the, the little black girl's name is like White Supremacy or something. And then she's the smartest woman in the whole Marvel universe. And she has like a pet dinosaur or some shit. Genuinely, I'm not kidding. It's not the one from The Runaways. Um, but it's one of those situations where you, like you're just, you're, you're, you're cutting corners. Don't make Letitia Wright's character Shuri in the Black Panther the smartest woman in the universe. Make the actual black little girl that you created out of nowhere like Miles Morales and have her be the smartest, un- and have a story about her. Why are you just, make a black girlfriend for Peter Parker? But anyway, but yeah, so the same way, the same argument that you leftists are using, which is, oh, well, the, the whiteness is written in, uh, excuse me, the same argument that leftists are using, which is that, you know, uh, the blackness of Luke Cage and the blackness of the Black Panther are written into the fictional characters, so it wouldn't make sense to have them be casted as a white person. It wouldn't make sense to put Ryan Gosling in a in a Black Panther suit because, in the story, it's written that Black Panther is black, or Static Shock is black, or Misty Knight, my favorite Marvel character, is black. It's written in the character. I'm like, great, you're right. But it's like whiteness is also written into these characters. It's not explicitly said outright, but it matters. Right? It has to. I just can't see certain black people doing things that white characters do in an, in a live action adaptation. It just doesn't make sense to me. You don't think that, like, a black Bruce Wayne... You don't think that they would accuse him of being, like, a satanic pedophile? You don't think the black community... You don't think the Shade Room would... could would would. Do you think that the Shade Room would convince everyone that, that Bruce Wayne, if he were black, was, you know, involved in some sort of pedophilia, human trafficking ring or some shit like that? You don't think, like, after the third Robin... After like the third little boy following him around at all these award shows and these banquets that you don't think that like black people would kind of like look at him weird? Like why do you have why do you have like all these little kids around you all the time who who are orphans? You know? Why that that's all I want to say for you guys tonight. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Um make sure you follow me on all social medias: Instagram, Facebook, at Josh A Shakespeare um and you know friend me on PSN on PlayStation network at Shakespeare Josh or Josh a Shakespeare whichever the one I forgot I haven't signed on in years um follow me on Apple music I make playlists for fun Shakespeare Josh um please like share and and comment on the video tell me what you thought was funny tell me what you want to talk about on the show and I will give you a shout out on the platform send me videos I will respond to them I will react to them on the show as well We will make jokes about them. We will have other comedian guests. Um, Yeah, and this is me signing off. And yeah, I just, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys, truly. Bye.